And welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 375 for the week of August 31st, 2014. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, my videos, blog, live broadcasts, special events, my Walt Disney World trivia books, how to save money at Walt Disney World, audio tours, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So Walt Disney World is filled with so many overlooked experiences and wonderful ways to enjoy your time in the parks, many of which don't even appear on park maps or times guides. And sometimes, these aren't necessarily even attractions or things to do, but places along the way. So this week, we're going to share some of our favorite nooks and crannies of Disney's Hollywood Studios. They include everything from hidden details and fun finds to just some out-of-the-way places to sit and relax. Then I'll have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show as I'll have some updates and announcements, including information about upcoming special events, meet and live broadcasts so sit back relax and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show I'm a believer that one of the best ways to enjoy the Disney parks is by not planning where you're going to go when and instead putting down the map and just wandering and exploring sometimes. Taking a path that you've never tried before or going a little bit deeper into a shop or a restaurant or a side street. Because to me, so many of Walt Disney World's most wonderful attractions aren't the ones you're going to find listed on a park map or times guide. Instead, they're the things that you stumble upon, you find by accident, or discover as you just take the time to explore and wander and meander through the parks because I think you're never going to know what you're going to find including some wonderful places to just stop, sit and smell the baked goods or fries or whatever it is that you'd like to smell but some of these things can be hiding in plain sight while others are a little bit more tucked away just waiting to be found by the curious guest and I think if you look out there online, you'll find tons of guides and recommendations about the top attractions and thrill rides and resorts and various top tens about best places to eat in many different forms or flavors. But this week, it's about the out-of-the-way places, the hidden treasures that aren't always labeled on a map or a menu. And I think because of the story of the park itself, I believe that Disney's Hollywood Studios is a treasure trove of just some of those locations. So this week, we're going to share with you some of our favorite nooks and crannies of Disney's Hollywood Studios. And joining me is someone who loves a good nook and cranny, not just on an English muffin. She is, of course, Susanna Mitchell, the the brains and the beauty behind Xanaland.com. 
No, oh, well, thank you so much, Lou. It's a pleasure to be back. It is always good to have you back. Uh, usually, I enjoy when we're out actually in the studios, surrounded by the ambiance and the sounds and the people and plates and plates of food in front of us, but this will have to do for tonight's purposes. <laughs> yes, we'll have to make do. And so when I was talking about the idea of nooks and crannies in the parks. I look, every park have, has them, and you might not think that the smallest of the parks actually lends itself to some really cool little, you know, and the, the only word I keep coming back to is nooks and crannies and out-of-the-way places. And when I said that to you, when I said sort of nooks and crannies of Hollywood Studios, what came to mind? Because we didn't really discuss this beforehand. Um, for me, I think... It's sort of the story that you originally had when you when the studios first opened. So all the little uh, in jokes and things like that that you discover along the way is what popped into my head, personally. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think the story of the studios itself really right. lends itself to some great locations because you can put in almost anything, right, and tie it to an existing film or this fictional movie that's that is in production again, going to the, the idea that. The studios, when it was built, and it was, we've kind of gotten away from this a little bit, but you know, the front part of the studios was what we as guests were able to tour. It was the front, uh, you know, it was sort of the onstage. And then there's sort of that backstage area, which is some of the places that I like the most, you know, areas by Backlot Express and where you can see the facades on uh, streets of New York and over by Muppets. So I, I want you to, in any particular order that you want, uh, give me your first. So what was the first thing that came to your mind or the one that you really think of at Hollywood Studios when you think of a nook and cranny? Uh, a nook and cranny. Well, I think one of the ones that most people have seen, but some people may have not seen. Sometimes it's working, sometimes it isn't. But the little singing in the rain umbrella back there, some people would just walk by and never notice it. But if you stand there and, and hold it the right way, it will rain and, and music will play. So, uh, and again, that's sometimes working, sometimes isn't. So hopefully it's there when people listen to this and go check it out. <laughs> but I think something like that is always a hidden gem that, you know, you might just walk past otherwise. And it is. And, and, you know, it's one of those things, that, like I said, and I think it's a good fit for us, especially with the first one, because it's not written down on a, on a park map. It's not, it's not a destination that people will put into their plan for the day to say, oh, we need to make sure and go to find this umbrella. For, for <laughs> right. the 99% of the guests, they come upon it by accident and don't know that when it is working, it, it will make it rain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not in the hip-hop sort of sense of making it <laughs> rain, but it actually will rain. That would be fun, too. <laughs> I don't know why I think of that bad Jimmy Fallon commercial about making it rain with money. But yes. um, So for me, when I, when I thought of nooks and crannies, um, you know, we as locals, Susanna, our, our park experiences are different than the guest that comes to visit once every three to five years. This, this past weekend was a great example of we go to the parks to be with friends, to have something to eat, to just wander and laugh and look around and people watch or just find a place to sit and chat. And that for me was one of the things that kept coming to mind over and over and over again, which was some of these nooks and crannies, these out of the way places to go and sit and relax, people watch, have a coffee, have a soda, 
get some air conditioning, what, whatever <laughs> it might be. Um, and I don't know why this is the one that I'm, I'm going way out of order of what I sort of put in my little bulleted list here. Um, but one of the nooks and crannies, and maybe it's because I think it's one that most people probably never go to, uh, is actually, shocker of all shockers, it's in a restaurant, but it's in one of the very few restaurants that's not necessarily highest on my list of places to eat. And you probably have, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. Hmm. I like this restaurant because of where it is. I like the, the theming of it. I like the history of this restaurant. I like that there's some cool stuff you could do downstairs. But... The Toy Story Pizza Planet, oh, okay. over by Muppet Vision, on that little side street, which in, is in and of itself a little nook and cranny to me. Mm-hmm. Specifically, most people don't realize there's a second floor. There's a second level of Toy Story Pizza Planet, which, you know, unless you're going in the middle of August in summer <laughs> yeah, at 12 o'clock noon, is probably not very crowded. There are not very many people that take the walk up the stairs. But there's some video games and air hockey and stuff like that downstairs and, and pinball. So you can grab a soda, you can play some games, and then just go and sit and chat for a while and look down on the people on the first level or look outside over at Muppet Division and, and the plaza and the courtyard. And so I like that. I, I like that second story of Toy Story Pizza Planet as a little hideaway, a little getaway, a little nook and cranny that if you want to just get to, you know, a little bit of time away, it's one of those places you can go to. Definitely. I used, when the kids were younger, we used to go there all the time, and we'd always go to the second floor because it wasn't as crowded. So, yeah, it's always been a favorite. Again, it, it's not Via Napoli in terms of pizza. It's certainly <laughs> not a New York street corner in terms of pizza. Um, but like I always say, look, I'm sure Pizza Planet is somebody's favorite restaurant. Um, you know, go for the yeah. ambiance, stay for the food. No, go for the food, stay for the – whatever it may be. Second story, Toy Story Pizza Planet. So – that's a good one. Next on your list. Um, okay. So I don't – now I don't know if I'm doing these in the right way because I was thinking like – I was lumping hidden gems in there too. So no, sorry I, about – No, no, no. <laughs> I have hidden ge- – totally – hidden gems are part of this, right? They're okay. part of those little things that you probably it, – it's a nook and cranny because you might not necessarily go to look for it and then you right. find – it doesn't necessarily be out of the way. Okay. Well, uh, let me just start out with, I mean, this is a major, this is an an actual attraction, but I feel like so many people don't go into it and there's really so much to see. um, And that is the Animation Academy, which is, of course, within the whole little animation plaza back there. I forget the official name now. Um, Disney's Animation the animation tour, the magic of Disney animation tour. Yes, that thing. But if you go back, <laughs> that thing. Um, but if you go, you know, I didn't know for the longest time where you actually drew the characters. I'd see my friends with like, look, we drew a character. I'm like, where do you even do that? So for the longest time, I didn't know. And once we started doing it, it's a great place to escape and it's air conditioned and you get to sit down and you get to learn how to draw something. Um, but in addition to that part of it, you can wander around and look at what they're working on next. Um, so it's always great to see some sneak peeks. You can usually see the little maquettes for the upcoming films and um, some concept art usually. And sometimes they have different themed um, exhibits in there as well. They had one on like the cottages and castles and things for a while. Um, and then further back in, which I honestly never saw until a few months back either. This is terrible. But they have that little <laughs> legends area where like the legends 
people have their little handprints in there. And uh, that's just a cool little thing to see when you're back there. So, so. I'm totally with you, right? I, and I, look, I have absolutely zero artistic ability. Like my stick figures <laughs> are, are... Oh, yeah. Extended. I'm terrible at it, but I, it's still fun to try. <laughs> but I think you're right. And this very much kind of fits in in what I think is a nook and cranny because not only do you get to enjoy the attraction which I think is a lot of fun, and I love the fact that they have Mulan in there, and it's very cool. But it's the post-show area where you and your kids, or you can go sit on a couch while your kids go and do all of the interactive exhibits. It very mm -hmm. much reminds me of a post-show journey into original imagination on yes. that second story, right? Things mm -hmm. that you can do, there's characters you can meet, there's stuff that you can, there's takeaways. Like I love the fact that you get a takeaway from that but you can sort of get out of the way and just relax. And if you want to sort of just turn things down from 11 for a little while and sort of take <laughs> things a little bit slower. Uh, and I will tell you that you actually touched on one that was actually the first one on my list, which were the handprints and footprints uh, outside of the Animation Academy. Because as you're walking into the theater for the Magic of Disney Animation Show, if you veer off to the right, there's a small courtyard there with a little sunken plaza, which is, is very, very small. But there, embedded in concrete blocks, are another set of handprints and signatures and pencil impressions of some of the nine old men, uh, you know, Walt Disney's original nine old men animators. So there was there's Mark Davis and Ken Anderson, uh, Ken O'Connor, Ward Kimball, and then Frank and Ollie, I think, are all the ones that were there. And they're really cool because they are totally hidden out of the way. But when you stumble upon them, that to me is like opening up a treasure chest and you're like, oh, like if you know those names, you love the fact that you're there. And what I like even more is that if you or your kids don't know the names, I hope that it prompts them to say, all right, who is this Mark Davis? You know, who was mm -hmm. Ken O'Connor? What did he do? You know, what are the things? And how does Ken O'Connor tie into Magic of Disney Animation because he worked on the Back to Neverland film way back when. Rest in peace, Rod Williams. Um, I know, so sad. Um, and Walter Cronkite. Yes. Arguably the best narrator at Spaceship Earth, but I digress. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, um, it was often very difficult to see. You, you didn't know if you were allowed to sort of go there. Because yeah, it's right I had next no to, idea. Yeah, because there's a cast member only entrance there to something and then but you can also bypass the attraction to walk right into the post show so mm -hmm. it, it's a really neat thing it's a cool little photo op too so I, I love this and i hope that more people go to see it and understand the contributions that these men had to the company and animation itself definitely so, well, I guess that was kind of mine, so I'm going to throw it back to you. <laughs> oh, no, more. Um, okay, so this is another one that I hope is still there. I haven't been to the studios at night in a while. But in the Star Tours queue, um, how it's set for to be Endor, um, supposedly there's, you know, lights in the little huts and you can hear the music and the Ewoks dancing and stuff like that. So that's just a cool little element um, if you're – into riding Star Tours at night and go through the full queue and not the Fast Pass side um, or whatever. Is it still called Fast Pass? No, it's not. <laughs> Fast Pass Plus. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a cool thing just to, you know, walk by and experience. It's never usually too crowded at night to ride that. So um, hopefully you can still walk through the queue and, and check that out as well. 
And what I like about that is, like many attractions, look, it's an indoor attraction, so you don't necessarily think about this, but like many attractions, it's a different experience at night. And if you're able to wander through that queue and look up and, more importantly, listen, you can hear my brothers, uh, the Ewoks, <laughs> you know, singing and talking. It's, it's a cool little nook and cranny detail when you can get all the way deep into that part of the queue and get to hear something you might not Otherwise, especially if you do Fast Pass Plus and you just bypass the outdoor queue altogether. Right. So, all right. Um, I'm going to stick with what I know, <laughs> which means that the next thing I'm going to talk about is obviously going to be relatable back to food. Um, because one of my favorite places, Susanna, in all of Disney's Hollywood studios, and uh, I'm sad that it's changed just a little bit. But I love, love, love going to just sort of kick back and relax, and we've done it before, chat with friends, and, by sh- and share, and by share, I mean eat one of my own, a carrot cake cookie <laughs> and a nice cup of coffee at the writer stop. Yes. Speaking of, which is not too, located too far from Star Tours and the Sci-Fi Don. And what I love about writer stop, and this is what I meant when I was doing the intro, in terms of... Take it a few steps further. Don't walk by or walk, you know, sort of peek your head into writer stop and say, oh, it's just a little merchandise shop and coffee shop. Let's keep going. If you wander all the way to the back, there are tall boy tables that have seats. There's a great sort of, it makes you feel like you're in somebody's living room or, or library, much like you are over at 50s Primetime Cafe and when you're waiting to go be seated. You're in somebody's mm-hmm. little living room or little library. There's a TV going, but more importantly, there's a great selection. It's probably the biggest selection in, in the park of Disney-related and some non-Disney-related books as well as housewares and accessories. But I love going back there. It's a great respite from the heat and the humidity and the lack of food. <laughs> there's all kinds of great little baked treats, including my favorite carrot cake cookie, which is healthy because it has carrots. Um <laughs> And it's also a place that while you're waiting to go be seated inside Sci-Fi Dine-In, you could actually go and hang out in there as well. But I love, love, the only thing I don't love about the writer stop is when you first walked into the entrance, actually in between, there's two doors, there's two entrances coming from the outside. In between those two entrances was a little nook. It was truly a yes. nook and cranny mm-hmm. where one, maybe two people could sit and look out over the park and enjoy the aforementioned and oh-so-very-delicious carrot cake cookie. They took that away to make it sort of a little condiment station. I, I shed a silent tear when they did that, but now we get to sort of uh, sit and enjoy it in the back and, and uh, peruse of a good book. Yeah. Well, when I heard we were doing this, that popped into my head first, and I said, I'm not putting that on my list because I know Lou's going to have that. <laughs> so, yes, that is a favorite place to spend. And they have still great coffee. And uh, as you can assume, uh, my little uh, cohort here likes to spend a lot of time perusing the books there. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a library, buddy. You're going to buy something or what? (laughs) Actually, you can sit there and peruse. You can practically just sit there, have your coffee. And it's like a little mini Barnes and Noble, if you remember what a Barnes and Noble used to look like. It really is. Yeah. All right, so where where is your next little nook and cranny at the studios? Well, on that same um, 
location area, if you've ever dined at Sci-Fi, um, you should really take a minute to look at all the little bulletin boards that they have up back there because it is supposed to look like the back of, um, you know, backstage area and the backside of a drive-in. And there's like these really cool little casting notices and, and things like that. Um, so, and you can actually walk, there's doors that lead from writer stop into there and back and forth. So you don't even have to actually be dining there to just walk in and, and look at the little bulletin boards. You can just take a peek really quick. So it's a fun little thing. I mean, in studios in general, this is not just necessarily there. You have to look at all of the signs and bulletin boards and things everywhere because there's so many details from when the park first opened that are, uh, lots of them are still there and they're just hold all these, you know, little jokes and things like that to enjoy. I totally, I dig. I'm with you. I'm all about the little details. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, all right, so I'm going to, although many of the things on my list at revolve around food or restrooms, oddly enough, I'm going to go over to <laughs> one of my, listen, I have a restroom on my list. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go over to, uh, again, just visually and thematically and story-wise and, like, Kid of the 80s, favorite movie franchise kind of things. The Indiana Jones Adventure Outpost is one of my favorite shops anywhere in Walt Disney World. You want to talk about a place that is so, so well-themed. Again, great details to be found in there. But more importantly, it's a nook and cranny because you can sort of just wander around that shop a little bit. And there's some really cool... It's like the old fire station at Magic mm-hmm. Kingdom where there's a staircase that you have to sort of just wonder where does it go, right? Like mm. there used to be the fire pole at the, at the, at the Magic yeah. Kingdom. Like, oh, what was on that second level that you didn't get to see? But for me, the nook and cranny and the beauty of the outpost isn't necessarily what's inside, but it's what's outside. Because if you wander <laughs> again, and it almost looks like you're not supposed to go there, right? Like you're supposed to stop and turn around and get back into the park. But if you keep on wandering back and you find the the director's chair and the script chair and the movie camera and the tank that was used in the film and the great props that are back there, um, that's one of the things I love. That, to me, is a true, like, it's a hidden gem. It's a nook and cranny. It's almost like a little, it's almost like something, like, from the bone, well, it is really from the boneyard. That yeah. was, you know, the, the tank that they brought over there and the crates and the props. And you could just take time to look there and wander around. And you almost feel like, am I backstage, right? Am I on a movie set somewhere? Is this really where, it, you know, something could have been filmed? Because that's the feeling that you get back there. Exactly. Yeah. And I had, you know, Indies Well on my list too, which is a little more, you know, well seen, but a lot of people don't realize that you can go listen in and hear people down at the bottom of the well, um, similar to the queue in Disneyland for the Indiana Jones attraction there. And then beyond that, well, there's the table with Indies hat and all those other little props and things too. So it's a great area. I love, and listen, when Disney bought Lucasfilm, and said, yeah, we're not going to be just doing things with things like that Star Wars brand. But they started mentioning Raiders of the Lost Ark. The little nerd in me, <laughs> like, totally freaked out. And I want, you know, you wonder what the future is going to hold for not just that franchise, but its presence inside the Disney parks and possibly that section of Disney's Hollywood Studios. I, for one, and I think I am not alone, would love to see it not go away 
but expand in size. Definitely. The ball is back in your court. Oh, no. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, since we're in that side of the Echo Lake area, um, if you are near Min and Bills, of course, you need to look around for the crates. I'm sure you've talked about this on past shows um, that have all the cool little addresses who the crates are addressed to. I know they've moved them around a few times and they're not all the same, but check for the addresses on them and and uh, they have some great movie references. So that's a fun little thing to do. Not so hidden, but still a nook. <laughs> so I'm try- I think, you know, I know that I did a video. I think I didn't post it because I, d- I think I just looked fat because I just actually <laughs> finished eating at Men and Bill's Dockside Downer, which is a nook and cranny of itself. The Frankfurter in a pretzel roll? Come on, man. It's awesome sauce. It's got wow. Like, yeah. What? You've never what? had that? No. The Frankfurter is inside the pretzel roll. Oh, my goodness. Just let that sink in. They also have a, a really nice – and look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Italian. I'm from New Jersey. It's hard to find a good Italian sausage sandwich. The one there, <laughs> it's served on French bread, but it got the peppers and onions. It's not, mm. the, it's not the Point Pleasant boardwalk, but in a pinch, it'll do. <laughs> it'll do. So, But, yeah, the, uh, the crates out front – and if I haven't posted that video, I'll have to just go and, and reshoot it again uh, because it, there are great tributes to classic, uh, mm-hmm. not necessarily Disney. I mean, I'm right. real classic um, uh, motion pictures and some names and Bialystok and Bloom is one of my favorites. <laughs> love, love the uh, love the film. So. Um, all right. So I. Oh, well, I guess I am going. I'm going back to food again, (laughs) but to go go with me here, um, I'm going to mention the studio catering company and I'm not mentioning it for the spicy buffalo chicken sandwich, which I really like like a lot, but I'm going to sneak that in there. Um, I also understand they have a sloppy Joe now. Wow. Yeah. Like with cheddar and like a chipotle barbecue sauce thing. We have like, like Jack and lost. We got to go back. Um, But the Studio Catering Company, which is a big open air, it's meant to be, again, it's that backstage area where cast and crew would go to eat. I'm calling it a a nook and cranny because, look, we're all on our phones all the time, right? Whether we're tweeting or texting or Facebooking or Instagramming or or using our phone as our video camera, and we're always looking for power, right? If we're not carrying (laughs) power with us in our backpacks or in our purse. Not that it, it's not a purse, it's a satchel. Indiana Jones carry <laughs> Look, it's it's European. If we're not carrying it in our satchel, we're looking for power. And Studio Catering Company, against the railing area, by where you enter into, where your kids enter, the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie set, there are power outlets at on a lot of the I-beams over there. So if you're looking for a place, again, to just sort of sit chat with friends, grab a soda, grab something to eat, just share some fries, or get your own fries and, and not share with others, and just relax and find a sort of relative... It's not out of the way because you're obviously you're surrounded by people, but it's a little nook because you can, I've sat there, I've plugged in with my MacBook Air, and I've worked for hours without having to worry about losing power. I've got something to eat. You know, It's a nice place to just sort of sit and people watch. So the power outlets over at Disney's at uh, the Studio Catering <laughs> Company is one of my little nooks and crannies. <laughs> That's a great tip. Don't, don't, <laughs> what are you laughing about? The fact that I went back to food or the fact that I'm talking about power outlets? <laughs> a little of both. But it is a good place to sit and people watch. There's a lot over there to see. 
you just wait till next time I see you plugged in over there. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Back to you. Um, cranny. Let's see. Well, this is sort of like hidden things again. Um, I'm sure you've talked about this as well in past shows, but in the Muppets, um, Muppet Vision 3D, the little key under the that mat. Wasn't, that wasn't you doing Kermit, was it? No. Okay, just- gosh, no. I do not do Kermit impressions. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, the little um, note that's like, you know, key under the mat and then you lift the mat up and, and you look for the key a lot. I didn't realize that was there until a little while ago either. So that's always a fun thing. And of course, um, the pr- entire pre-show area in there, you can't just watch the TV. You have to look around you, look at all of the crates and the things hanging above you and and everything it, there's just a million muppet jokes in there that will um bring you back to your childhood so i'm a huge fan of muppets right and, and i love the fact that you can go there time after time and like you just said there's always something new you can find there's always another little detail see if you can find the muppets without pants because they're <laughs> what they're in the pre-show and they're in the attraction themse- itself Okay. <laughs> Not like I'm looking for Muppets without pants, but there are Muppets without pants. It sounds like a band or something. <laughs> <laughs> or never mind. <laughs> but um, all right. So I'm going to go to another one. And, and look, don't mock me because it's, it's food related again. Uh, again, I'm trying to find places that are little getaways. And this one to me is a place that, that I really, really like. I like the food there. But I like, literally, I like touring people through the interior interior of this restaurant. And it's actually the Backlot Express, specifically the lower level inside. Now, this, this is, to me, almost like an attraction in and of itself because it's, it's, it is a, called a warehouse of good eating. But it's filled with such great movie memorabilia and props and it's made to look like it's in this factory or a warehouse because it is meant to be, again, backstage on the lot where they where they create props and they store props and they do, you know, sign painting. And it's where the scenic department is and the paint department, the machine shop, the stuntmen and women go and hang out. There's a whole and little different rooms are themed differently. And if you go and go through like the six or seven or eight different rooms, you can very easily identify what they are when you go downstairs on that first level past the Roger Rabbit Tune Mobile, which is outside, <laughs> which I love. And we've had plenty of meats of the month there because mm-hmm. I like the food and the location. But if you go inside there to the left, it's one of those smaller rooms I think most people probably will never venture into unless they are A, specifically trying to get away, or it is very, very crowded. But you can see, like, okay, this is the room that the stunt people hang out. Oh, this is the room where the scenery is getting painted. Look here, and you can find the molds and the models, and you can find things from Disney films and other films and characters and busts that you will easily recognize. There's a great prop in there somewhere that I love. Have you have I ever shown you the the really creepy bust that follows you as you walk no. in? No. Yeah. Oh, like, my gosh. Yeah, we need to go back. <laughs> There's a bust that it's sort of like uh, in the Haunted Mansion. You know how the busts sort of follow you as your doom mm-hmm. buggy goes by? Well, there's one up high on a wall that as you're walking, she seems to follow you. Her head seems to move and follow you as you walk through. 
But if you go like all the way into the back, all the way downstairs on the right-hand side, there's all kinds of great um, props and signage from films and TV shows from like the 70s and the 80s. And there are chain-linked, fenced-off areas as if it's though it's, it's somebody's office in the back. Like even the tables and chairs are all – like just pay close – every one of them is different because it's meant to look like not a commissary that people go and eat – but a place that they would store tables and chairs that they would need to fill a movie set, right? Mm-hmm. And there's like educational stuff. There's like chalk bear, chalkboards that show, you know, how to do stunts for the different stuntmen. And there's a cool little office in the back um, that I think it's like this. I think it's the stunt. I think there's like a stunt co- coordinator's office. And I think there's another one on the opposite side by the scene painting. And you could actually learn. You could see like, okay, how are chose how are colors chosen here at the paint department and it almost looks on the condiment station as though they were in the middle of painting something and they just got up and walked away because it <laughs> looks like there's spilled paint everywhere it's just it's brilliantly done great 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 props and and uh and, and theming in there as well uh ver- like literally don't just go for the food go and take the time to wander through all the different rooms i'm gonna have to i have to do a dsi of the backlot express that's how good it is yeah I love it in there. So much cool stuff to look at. And the food's not too shabby either. No, it's not. We <laughs> That was always our place of choice after we outgrew Pizza Planet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's back to you. Um, back to me. Well, I'm winding down with what I have, but um, just some more little things to take note of. Um, of course, the PV's Polar Pipeline uh, which is sometimes open, sometimes not now, where they have like the little frozen Coke things. Um, of course, that's a nod to the Rocketeer. So that's always fun to look at. And right around that same area is the Valiant Detective Agency window. So that's another fun little thing to look up at. Um, the only other thing I really have is uh, on New York Street, if you wander through there, because a lot of people just are you know, using it as a, pl- a way to get to someplace else. But if you take your time and you look in the windows and you look up at the buildings and things like that, you can hear um, certain little sounds and people talking and things like that. So it's really a good place to take your time and explore because that's part of you know the original studios and all those fun little details that we were talking about before. So if I said to you, Zana, listen, let's just go to the studios Let's hang out. Let's just grab something to eat and just sit and, and chat and about, you know, all things Xanaland. But the park's pretty crowded. You know, what's an out-of-the-way place that you and I could just go and get away from it all and sit and chat? Where would you suggest that we go? Where would be the one place that you would probably suggest? Hmm. Well, aside from Backlot Express, that you've heard, I guess that's kind of busy. I mean, I actually like Mama Melrose, and lately it's been kind of busy, so I don't know if that would be a good answer, what you're going for, but what are you going for? <laughs> I, I want to see if I, if I could make, if, if you could think of another sort of nook and cranny, sort of just end it off with another nook and cranny. Well, I'll throw out a couple of quickies. PVs was definitely on my list as well, because I love the details, and if you can get that bench and sit there, it's such a nice place to enjoy your frozen carbonated or non-carbonated beverage <laughs> and people watch and stare out over, uh, you know, the, the lake for a little while, especially like at dusk. Like that's a really nice place to sit right there by the lake, by Min and Bill's. You can see Dinosaur Gertie. Uh, I like that area a lot, a lot, a lot. 
Uh, other little details, little nooks. The 18th Street station, you, when you were talking about New York Street and the streets of America, the little subway station there, you can actually mm -hmm. walk downstairs. There's nothing much to see, but it's kind of cool <laughs> that you can go down. But when I think of nooks and crannies and places to just sort of sit and get away and people watch, a couple of little things uh, just very quickly pop to mind. Of course, I, this list would be incomplete if I did not mention one of my favorite places in all of Hollywood Studios, which is Starring Rolls Bakery. It nice. is my go-to place in the morning. Like That is how I start my day. Not with Tower Terror, not with Toy Story Mania, <laughs> not with Star Tours, but a little nosh and a cup of very heavily sugared cup of coffee and sitting out at Starring Rolls and just watching the people go by. It is one of yes. my all-time favorite things to do at the studios. Another place you could do that, believe it or not, especially if you don't want to ride the attraction, is there's a really nice little waterfall in the courtyard over at the Great Movie Ride. Yes. And you could just sort of sit there and get away, and it's quiet, and there's something very soothing to me about the sound of you know, falling water. So if you don't want to get on the attraction, or if you've got a sleeping baby or a sleeping Xana, whatever it may be, and you don't want to disturb them, you can sit out by the waterfall there, uh, taking that same concept, but bringing it inside. And it's it's a nook and cranny because I think not everybody realizes that the tune-in lounge is not just sort of a, a holding area. It's not just the queue for Primetime Cafe, but the, the lounge has a great bar. It's got a full menu. It's air-conditioned, and it's a really nice place. And we've done this before, too, before an event, just sort of sitting around with friends, having a drink or sharing an appetizer or just relaxing. And it is kind of a little bit of a getaway, especially when it's not crowded in there uh, at all. Yeah, I forgot about that one, but that is a good place when it's not crowded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not crowded is is certainly the operative word there. Uh, <laughs> same thing with you know places over like um, on Sunset Boulevard, Going and again, not don't just look, you know, at the tables by the the street on Sunset. Go all the way into the back at mm -hmm. Rosie's. Um, I, I, I'm disappointed to a certain degree that there's still kind of a smoking section over in one area by uh, Rock and Roller Coaster. But if you do go into the back and find a nice shaded table, it is a bit of a nook and cranny because you can kind of get away. There's some great details back there about you know wartime Rosie the Riveter and some cool. Uh, you know, wartime memorabilia uh, back there as well. And of course, if you can't find something to eat on at the Sunset Ranch Market, then something's wrong because they've got a little bit of everything. Um, I think that is probably most on my list. But I think the only other place that I would mention is a place that you can't normally access, but you should know <laughs> that it's there. And I don't know if you've ever... I'm sure you've been there before, Susanna. Um, you know I'm going to the Hollywood Hideaway. Yes. Yeah, so the Hollywood Hideaway, <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, is not something that's normally accessible to everyday guests. It is a sort of a, a, a VIP lounge or it's a special event location if you want to have a reception there or a party there. And it's tucked away in between the... <laughs> And look, this is where it's called the WDW Radio Studios <laughs> and the American <laughs> Idol Experience tryout section, um, which, which I've is never, no more, which is right, which was <laughs> which was there, which is there no, no more. Um, but yeah, if you go and look at the radio, dis the WDW Radio Studio and in between there and the restrooms, there's a little doorway 
and there's a little lounge in there. We've actually had a uh, we had a party uh, there a few years ago. So if you are uh, ever having a special event and want to have it inside the park in a great venue that is not very expensive to rent out, the Hollywood Hideaway is one that's really cool and can be be really themed very very well well. Uh, to whatever sort of theme your party might be or to, you know, the Hollywood that never was and always may be or will be or <laughs> soon to be can be, whatever it's called. <laughs> Forever and ever, amen. <laughs> so, yeah, but I think, if, you know, for me, my, my favorite place is my favorite little nooks and crannies is probably the Indiana Jones outpost all the way in the back and... I think the writer stop, you know, the writer stop is still one of my favorite places. And again, you know this because, you know, we're friends. We've spent time in the parks before and, and you know, more times than not, we'll, we'll be there. We'll, we'll always be around food, but that is definitely one of my favorites uh, to definitely go because it's air conditioned, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, but I want to know from the people who are listening, who are screaming at their phones or their treadmills or their computer <laughs> screens or whatever it is that you may be listening my God, Mangello! how are you and her missing this clear, or maybe not so clear, nook and cranny over at Disney's Hollywood Studios? I would love for you to either call the voicemail. You can give it, you can say it on the air at 407-900-9391. You can call right from the park while you're there, or you can tweet me at Lou Mangiello, facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello, or you can also leave a voicemail just by clicking on the Leave Lou a Voicemail button right on your computer if you visit wdwradio.com. But most importantly, Zana, what I really hope this does is not just make people aware of some of these locations that they might not have seen or known exist before, but I am encouraging you, dare I say begging you, put down your guide map. Like, put down your map and take the time to explore and wander slowly and look around and discover and really enjoy some of the great nooks and crannies at not just Disney's Hollywood Studios but all the theme parks and the water parks. Look, we'll have to do this for Disney's Animal Kingdom because that place is replete with amazing look uh, little nooks and crannies but there are hidden treasures there's great details, there's educational opportunities and places to just get away and find some other opportunities as well. Again, I have asked you to share your favorites uh, wherever it may be over at the Hollywood Studios. And then please go and visit Xanaland.com and you can follow her on the Twitter and the Instagram and everywhere else. She is at Xanaland, correct? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, we need to go back because clearly there's lots of places you haven't been, nor have you partaken in the many delightful culinary <laughs> Uh, things that are <laughs> hidden treasures that are offered there as well. Yes, all in the name of research. Of all course. listen, we do. Uh, we are dedicated to the craft, as it were. <laughs> awesome. So Zana from Zanaland.com, thank you so much. I will definitely see you, uh, or maybe you won't see me because I'll be hidden away in my little nook and cranny. <laughs> which, of course, I've now told you all exactly. Of it. Now <laughs> we know where to find you. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. It was great. It's 
time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details in what you see and maybe even in what you hear. You can then enter by email for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, we were talking all about our Twilight at the Tower events on October 3rd, which sold out in under a minute, thanks to everybody who is coming for a day full of special events that includes tours, a meet of the month. We have a special quest and scavenger hunt going on that day. There's still availability for that. And our sold out event later on that night after hours at the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. But I very much was in a Tower of Terror kind of mood, so I asked you a question about that attraction, which was this. Right before you enter the building, there is a plaque that shows what year the Hollywood Tower Hotel was established. And your question was just to simply to tell me that year. Again, thanks. Hundreds of you entered this week, got the answer correct, that it was established in 1917. Now, remember, 1939 is when it was struck by lightning and things went horribly wrong after that. But again, thanks and congratulations to everybody who entered, got this week's question correct. I randomly selected one winner from all the correct entries for a chance to win all six of my virtual audio walking tours of the park, a copy of my new book, 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World, and a mystery prize, which is coming from my Disney collection, pulling it from what I'm putting up on eBay and sending it to you instead. So the winner randomly selected from all the correct entries is... Richard DeHaya. So, Richard, congratulations. I'll get your package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, don't worry, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, the meat of the month for September is going to be in the old Fast Pass location over in Storybook Circus. Nice place, great couches and places to charge up and get something to eat close by and the big top circus tent. And so I thought, I would ask a question specifically about that area this week. And it is themed, of course, to the Casey Jr. train from the 1941 film Dumbo. And on the train cars at the Casey Jr. Splash and Soak station, which opened a couple years ago in June or so, there are four train cars, each of which has a number on the back. And so your challenge this week is just to tell me what do each of those four numbers on the back of those train cars at the Casey Jr. Splash and Soak station represent? You have until 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, September 7th, to email your answer to contest at wdwradio.com. Again, you're playing for all the audio tours, a copy of my new book, 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World, and another mystery prize from my collection. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Thanks again to everybody who has gone to Amazon.com and left a review for my new book, 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World. I really appreciate it. So if you have the book and are enjoying it, even if you didn't buy it from Amazon, you can go and leave a review right there. I want to thank Ian Wenny, Melanie Mayer, Tina Cairo, Granite Blue, and Kerplunk for leaving reviews on Amazon.com. Again, uh, you can find more information about the book and links to Amazon by visiting Disney102.com. Also, in addition to the podcast, which you can subscribe to over on iTunes, please visit WDWRadio.com for our multiple daily blog posts. Got a great team of writers 
talking about Walt Disney World from a lot of different viewpoints. And if you want to be featured on the blog, email your selfies that you take in any of the Disney parks to photos at Walt Disney World. We'll post those up on Self Shot Tuesdays. Also, be sure and subscribe to our free email newsletter and download the free WDW Radio app for your iPhone or Android device. You know, I love hearing from you. So if you have a question you want answered on the show, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. You can also call the voicemail. will be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. Or just click the button on the website or in the show notes to leave a voicemail right from your computer. Please follow me on Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello, facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello. You can follow me there for my personal stuff or facebook.com slash wdwradio for show-related posts. And because I believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug, as as much as I love connecting with you online, I'd love to meet you in person. Please visit the events page over at www.radio.com. There you'll find about an upcoming event as well as our meet of the month in Walt Disney World. Again, the next meet is Sunday, September 28th from 3 o'clock to 4.30 p.m. over in Storybook Circus in the former Fast Pass location. Under the tent, you can grab a frozen drink or a snack from Big Top Souvenirs next door. Recharge your phone while you're there. Come make and meet some new friends. If you're coming, please let me know by RSVPing on the Facebook event page. Also, be sure and tune in to a live video broadcast the day before on Saturday, September 27th. I'll be broadcasting from the Disney Weddings and Honeymoon Expo at the Wedding Pavilion and Disney's Grand Floridian Resort from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's free. Everyone is welcome to watch live. So if you are a bride or bride-to-be, you might want to tune in. That should be a lot of fun. Lots of other events coming up in Walt Disney World and on the road. So please go and also visit LouMangelo.com. You can find out some other places that I'll be speaking and presenting. You can also find out how to book me to speak at your conference, to your business, or at your school. And if you are a podcaster, Disney or otherwise, and you want to take your passion and maybe turn it into your profession, check out the Podcaster's Mastermind tab at the top of the page. Find out how I can help you do what you love full-time. I want to say quick thanks to my partners and sponsors, Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official recommended travel provider. Look, it's who I use. It's why I recommend them. And it's not just because I know I'm going to get the best possible prices. They will retroactively apply any discounts that they can. But it really is all about the personal level of service. They make you feel like you are their one and only most special client. Be sure and check them out over at mousefantravel.com. And if you want to get some Disney magic delivered right to your door or your digital device, visit celebrationspress.com and subscribe and order back issues there. And as always, my friends, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. And please come by, rate and review the show over in iTunes. It's very, very helpful. Very much appreciated. You can find a link to the show in iTunes right on the right-hand side of the page over at WDW Radio or just search for WDW Radio at iTunes. Big thanks to Paul M.W., B. Walton, Justin in Atlanta, RSLST Lid, and Mary LJ for the recent reviews over on iTunes. Again, it is very helpful and very, very much appreciated. And I want to thank you individually for taking the time to tune in, to tweet to me, to email, and to just let me do what I love and share it with you every day through this podcast and so many other ways. I feel as I am the most fortunate man on the planet to get up every day excited about what I do and being able to share it with you. And I want you to feel the same way as well. So it's okay to to have dreams and to wish, but you got to balance your thoughts with action, right? Because you're going to get nothing done if you overthink it. Move every day, even small steps. Take a small step every day 
towards your goal, and you'll be surprised how quickly you will get there. And always have faith and keep moving forward. Thanks again, everybody. Have a great week. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou, it's Kevin. I'm sitting here in my brand new apartment in San Bruno, California. I just relocated here from Minneapolis to start a new job, and I wanted to extend a big thank you to you for keeping me company, unbeknownst to you, as I uh, drove 32-plus hours from Minneapolis to San Bruno, California. Uh, I had the whole back catalog of WDW Radio at my fingertips, um, and it was certainly it certainly made that drive a lot more fun, a lot more interesting, and went by a lot quicker. So thank you if you're ever in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Let's go to the Walt Disney Family Museum, um, or I will see you at D23. Keep up the good work. I look forward to each show every week. You are a bright and positive spot in a lot of people's lives. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, Lou. It's Nick from San Antonio, Texas. I'm just calling to say thanks for all that you do. I'm a huge fan of the show. It always puts a big smile on my face and leaves me in a great mood. Thanks for spreading so much Disney magic. You should come to San Antonio, Texas sometime so I can thank you in person. See ya. Hello, Lou Mangiello, WGW Radio Group, WGW Radio Fox People, and the WDW Disney Wonder Alaska Cruise Group. I am Darlene Yegi from West Seneca, New York, and it is now under 275 days until our cruise comes up on June 1st to the 8th of next year, and I am so excited. I'm going to start looking at my flight coming up here soon, um, and I'm thinking of another group of people I talked to yesterday, family members at a party, that said uh, dress in layers because when they went up there um, a couple years ago, it was 90 degrees. So here we go again. Um, watch when we go. We'll definitely need all the layers that we probably will need to get. But you know what? We're all going to be together. So we'll be warm-hearted with all the hugs that Lou gives out. Have an awesome, magical Labor Day weekend. And I will see you real soon. I've got five days until I go back to Disney World. And I am excited with my dear daughter. So it's going to be amazing. Alicia Keisha and Darlene Yagi in Walt Disney World together. And that's the time, last time was uh, 2009. So we are definitely due. Have a great one. Enjoy. See ya. Hey, Lou. It's Chris Vanis calling. Um, since I printed the happy birthday on the um, box chat, you asked for the song, so here goes. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lou. Happy birthday to you. I hope you have a great birthday. And um, I sent you a message uh, on Facebook about... Um, the dates that I will be down in Florida from September 29th through October 4th. So hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to get together this time. Uh, sushi and fireballs. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Bye. You got a-